This is the Fail Fast Podcast. Stories of entrepreneurs who looked at failure in the eyes and didn't give up. With your host, the online sales master, Quinn Amorum. Today's amazing Fail Fast interview is sponsored by ClickFunnels. Whatever your goal is, if it's to generate leads, sell products, send more emails, run webinars, ClickFunnels can give you everything you need to market, sell, and deliver your products or services online. All of this without having to hire or rely on a tech team. So if you want to try it for two weeks, 100% for free, go to failfastpodcast.com forward slash click. That's it. I'll say it again. The link is failfastpodcast.com forward slash click. Welcome to the show. Today, we have a special guest who is recognized as one of the top customer generators in the world, specializing in financial services. He was recently featured alongside Snapchat founder, Evan Spiegel, as one of the entrepreneurs changing the world. Today's guest is Anthony Sarandria. Anthony, how's it going? How are you, brother? I'm doing great. Good. Good. I got me a little bit tongue twisted there. <laughs> All good. So um, tell us a bit about yourself, who you are before we jump into this. Who's Anthony as a person? Sure. So uh, we run um, one of the largest uh, financial services companies uh, in the world, customer generators. So um, we, we get um, uh, millions of people to our sites per month. and actually help them save money on their finances. So the consumer will come to us and have uh, X amount of credit card debt or student loan debt, and we help uh, place them in programs that uh, help them save money on uh, their, their monthly bills and things like that. So uh, nobody comes to us and, and pays more uh, for our services. We make a percentage of, of what, we, uh, what we save people. So it's very much a nonprofit model. It's not a nonprofit. But um, it, it's very much modeled to be on, on the same side as the consumers where they don't pay anything until they're actually saving money on their, their monthly bills. And it generally starts with credit card debt, student loan debt, and things like that. Wow. So basically, that is like one of those deals that you can't say no to, right? You're only going to charge a percentage of what you can save somebody. That's right. You got it. Wow. Wow. And that is... Uh, where do we find those services? Usedavid.com. So it's uh, it's very much a uh, uh, our our target market are very much Christian based. So it's a David versus Goliath play. The big banks are mm-hmm. uh, are, are Goliath, and we're David. Put board back in consumers' hands to be able to uh, to really have a fighting chance, and not get gouged by these interest rates, penalties, and fees that a lot of these you know predatory credit card companies uh, are, uh, you know, imposed on, on Americans. Nice. I really love that. So let's um, probably go, go a little bit back before we get into usedavid.com here. Let us know kind of what's your mentality towards failure, failing fast, failing forward, all that stuff. What do you think about it? Yeah, great question. I, I think, you know, at a really young age, I, I uh, had a mentor of mine, um, and, and, uh, a company I worked in where he said, um, you know, you have, uh, $5,000, uh, where you don't need any approval for me, uh, just to go spend it on anything. And at this time it was online ads and things like that. Mm-hmm. And, um, I remember being 18 and saying, holy shit, that's a lot of money to be able to just go spend. And he, you know, it was, 
And it's really where I got this, this mentality instilled in me of uh, failure being welcomed. Cause he said, I go, you know, what happens if I spend it and we don't make any money on it? He goes, at least then we're, we're, you know, we're hitting an X on something. We're crossing something off the list, which is uh, infinitely more valuable sometimes than circling something that something worked. Um, and that really opened my eyes to think about failure as, as uh, being welcome and more successful than actually uh, finding success. And there's this idea of like, when you do find something that clicks, it's obviously great and you need to find those, but you can eventually hit a, a state of, of being, uh, you know, complacent uh, for lack of better words, where uh, you know, if you've ever been at a st- time in your life where you're doing well and things are good, you're like, oh, things are rolling very well. And it's very easy to fall into complacency where when you're greeted with failure, it's, uh, it, it very much uh, forces change and growth and uh, a different mindset of thinking. So uh, learning that at a young age has really allowed us to, to grow to the scale of company we are today and, and be able to, to help the number of Americans that we do today because we, we welcome that failure and we see it every day. Yes, and you touched on a really great point that, that I really like is the fact that as soon as you start seeing a little bit of success, that, that there's that complacency that starts coming in. And I fear that myself because any online entrepreneur has the, the really highs and then you go down and also depending on the seasons, right, and with which quarter you're selling in. Right. And then complacency seems to creep up so quickly. And I'm, I just, that's something that I, I fear and don't know how to stop it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it's, I, I think, you know, it, Tony Robbins says growth equals happiness is his term. So mm-hmm. it, it's, I think it's this ever, it's, it's the beautiful nature of life is that we're, we're never satisfied. And some people could look at that as a negative way, but if you're, I think if your actions are being used for greater good or, or good for other people, uh, it's an incredible blessing to never be satisfied uh, with, with, with that. So, you know, always looking for that and embracing that mindset of like growth equals happiness and always looking for that, for that growth. Because I think you know, a lot of entrepreneurs find when they do hit success, complacency, or, uh, again, like for myself, I know at a young age when I, when I, you know, started making the money, uh, I got really depressed and really sad, uh, and down and low. And I, I couldn't believe it. And I didn't know why. And I realized it's <clears throat> because I hit my goal. Um, and, and I wasn't, I wasn't striving for more. And I think ever since that, you know, that age of feeling that way, uh, it, it's, it's forced me to think differently and to feel differently and to always be raising the bar that when I do hit certain levels and metrics that I want to hit, uh, to keep pushing for more and more and more, but back to, to circle it around, around failure. And I love the, uh, the, the, the name or the theme of the podcast fail fast. And I think that's, I gen- genuinely love to live it that way. I think a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, let's say you're doing product development or creating a product. They might spend three years in R and D, uh, and by the time they do that, they're they're totally outdated in the market. Um, and, and it's and it's you know one of my favorite stories is the creator of the Palm Pilot, uh, actually, which obviously later led to the cell phone and everything like that, storing everything in your pocket. Literally carried around a piece of wood with him all day long, a block of wood. And when someone would ask for his contact information um, or vice versa, he would pull out this block of wood and pretend to press on it. And then, you know, see, would I actually pull this out to actually have my contacts in this little thing that I had on me all day long, which if you think about it, the cell phones we have, it's our third arm today, but you're carrying an object on you all day long, like, like protecting it. Like it's like your baby. Uh, it's mm-hmm. silly. 
so, you know, if he had gone into R&D and all this stuff and, and perf- made it sure it was perfect before actually, you know, the theme of failing faster or, or you know, a rapid, rapid, you know, prototype, if you will, um, it, it would never, I don't think it would have ever progressed the way, you know, we use cell phones today had he, had he not, you know, tried to fail fast with that block of wood and welcomed uh, negative feedback and feeling negative feedback and seeing if it actually has a use case. Yeah, it's a crazy story. I didn't know that one. But it's so true that today with technology and social media, trends, I believe, they go away faster, right? They come super strong, super fast, and they disappear just as fast as they came. So uh, a lot of products may get stuck, lost by the time that trend is over, is by the time a new product is coming to market, and it may be too late. Yes. So the Inc. Magazine classified you as one of the top branding and marketing experts in 2017. So 2017 was before the growth uh, of all these marketing agencies and all that that happened, I believe, in 2018 when Ty Lopez sold, you know, uh, 20,000 marketing courses and all that stuff. How long ago did you start doing this? I mean, we started our agency back in, I want to say it was 2011-ish, 2011, 2012-ish, yeah. uh, uh, helping, helping clients with, with stuff. And, and uh, again, uh, you know, just to, to, to stick with the theme of the podcast, the, the, the uh, idea of failure, you know, we, I think, which today isn't a, that far off of a model, but we, you know, everybody was charging a percentage of spend at the time. And I think, um, you know, we, 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 always look for uh, what is everybody ignoring or not doing and let's go do that. So uh, what we started to do was charge, you know, fixed fees, but also uh, have uh, incentive bonuses. So, per, you know, a per set of sales that came through or uh, bonuses on, uh, you know, a bounty per new customer we drive or things like that. And it's not that, that different today, but back then it was, it was much different. And, and, you know, it was, it, you'd go to a sales meeting or a sales pitch and uh, you get laughed at for your model, or you'd say, you know what, that doesn't. Why would I pay you on a fixed amount? Why wouldn't I pay you on this? so? And and that that consistent, you know, failure in that respect, if you will, or or negative feedback. If we had just shied down and done, we would have just been like every other agency at the time, and we ne- would have never grown our own products and in-house brands and things like that. Uh, we would have just been, you know, stuck to where we were versus you know, uh, welcoming that negative feedback and saying, you know, how can we refine the pitch? How can we talk through that actually percentage of spend is, is the wrong model because it's incentivizing companies the wrong way, things like that. So, um, it, it, you know, it, it, when we started early on, it was, it was uh, embracing that, that kind of uh, not, not holding, I think a lot of entrepreneurs hold their baby, uh, which is their business, um, to, to their heart really close. And they want to talk to, I call it the, the mom effect. They want to go to their mother and, and hear how, you know, it's, it's honey, I love it. It's beautiful. It's great. Uh, I don't think growth comes from that. I think that's some of the worst feedback you can get was when people tell you how great your business is. I don't care if you have a, a you know, a, a, you make a thousand dollars a month or it's a hundred million dollar brand. I think you consistently need to be seeking that negative feedback on where you can improve um, or you're going to die. You're, what's going to happen is someone's going to innovate past you. Um, you're going to become outdated in the market eventually. So I think that, that no matter what size you're at, uh, looking for that negative feedback or that failure, if you will, mm-hmm. is is not just uh, great for your growth, but crucial for your survival. Yeah, that's 100% true. And you need a certain, a special mentality or mindset to, to be able to 
go on purpose look for that negative feedback, right? Because uh, it's very easy. That's the easy part to go looking for all the positive things, all the nice things people are saying about you. That's just so easy, right? And uh, it, it requires a special mindset to go look for the negative, to be able to fix that negative and even turn those those people that gave you the negative feedback into maybe your biggest brand ambassador, right? Definitely. Let's go over here to use David because uh, that is very fascinating what you what you told me here the, the the way you guys work. So, how would you save money to to anybody anybody that's listening here? How would they approach you to save money? Is it on their debt? Their existing debt? Yeah. You know, I'll talk through the model and then I'll talk to you specifically. I know you mentioned a lot of entrepreneurs on the podcast. I think I think the, the better lesson here is looking for a win-win for, for consumers. And that's not always, you know, I think I think we have a great model where, you know, you, you come in and you have you know $10,000 in credit card debt. Uh, we're, we're generally able to negotiate that down to about $5,000 or $6,000 because I think consumers would be disgusted to learn. Uh, really, what they're paying each month, and it's 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 generally interest fees. They've they've likely paid back the principal, you know, three five times over uh, of what they borrowed or what they rang up on their credit card. So they're paying interest penalties and fees. Um, so having that buying power to go to American Express and say, you know, I have two hundred million dollars worth of your 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 debtor, you know, people that owe you money, um, we need to come with a reasonable negotiation where they're not caught in this sinkhole forever of uh, or you know black hole of of never truly getting out of debt. Uh, and just paying minimum payments and things like that. So um, uh, that's that's the model. That's how we save money. And then we, we make a percentage of what we save people. But I think the better lesson for entrepreneurs is consistently refining and looking at your model or your business to say, how can we add value to consumers? And how can we, you know, even from a marketing perspective, how can we make this uh, too too easy to say no to essentially you know and it's this this idea of of you know wh- how, how how can I I limit the fears for somebody to work with me and and you know obviously today this is totally refined to you know we we make you know what we say you don't pay anything until you save money which is great but even along that journey along that roadmap you know how can you as a business be adding more and more value to your customer even if you're selling a coffee cup you know how how does that coffee cup add value to that consumer's life, understanding that, that, that person's psych, psych, psychology when they're buying the coffee cup, where they're at in life, you know, or they, they likely need to stay, do they long, work long hours? Do they like the taste of it? I, you know, I think that helps a lot on your overall, your marketing and messaging on the front end once you truly understand that customer and how you're adding value to their life with the coffee cup. And, you know, eventually how can you, can you wrap your business and model around those people to be able to help? So to see if I, I get the idea because it sounds like you're doing something very good and you're helping people. When somebody wants to, I don't know, they're going to have to use some of your time, some of your resources and your staff, I guess. Uh, and if nothing happens, if some person just just breaks even, right, uh, you don't make any money, but now you're still uh, paying your staff and, and using all your time is there any catch or are you actually, you're going to lose money with those people if you don't no, save them anything? No catch. I mean, we've been doing this for a while. So if we're going to enroll someone, it's very much as much of an interview for us as it is for them, if you will, um, on whether we want to work together. If someone enrolls with us, we, we know generally we're about 90, you know, 95% that we're able to help them um, in some way. And we, we've, we've got our data and, and past feedback to be able to, 
to show that internally or justify that. But yeah, we definitely have customers that we, we put a lot of effort towards uh, that we lose a ton of money on and we're okay with that because we know, and you know, I'll, I'll give them more, a, a more, I think, um, a, a product based example. So we have a, a company called snow teeth whitening. Um, and what it is, is a, you know, at the surface is a teeth whitening company, but understanding that we're helping people's confidence and we're helping their, their get jobs and to be able to find their significant others and things like that. Eventually the iteration has become where, where, where are the teeth whitening kit actually is storing data uh, on your mouth to know how often you brush and to know the shades of your teeth and your gum health and tooth enamel to where uh, very quickly here, we're going to be in the acquisition for a, a dental insurance company um, where the dental insurance company will be able to offer lower rates and lower premiums um, for um, uh, our customers because uh, we have the data in their mouth. So that, that's where that thought process of how can you, you become more of a value add to your customers, save money on their dental insurance. Uh, it also helps you as a brand or as a business stay more sticky. So it's that, it's that, that thinking of more, not how can I add more value, but how can I align myself with my customer more where uh, now that, that, that product example should hopefully be a lot more clearer for a lot of the e-commerce folks listening on how to align yourself with your customer and how to bring more value and how to start thinking that way because now all of a sudden our customers are you know can justify what they're saving on the dental insurance for a toothbrush or for t- toothpaste or things like that because we're we're actually saving the money um, and we're doing that because we're we're we have the data on their mouth essentially so um, that same thought and and it, it takes some time it's not an overnight easy answer but that same thought process of how can I continuously align myself with my customer uh, and consumer is and add more value to their life, I think is a really powerful thought process to continuously have. So how are you getting now uh, more customers to, to your own service? How kind yeah, of we do. Generation? Yeah. So we do a number of different things. We have, you know, a direct mail uh, in our space, which is interesting. It's the first business I've been a part of where uh, I, I felt that offline targeting is better than online targeting. And that, that becomes, we're able to, we're able to layer credit bureau data, so we know if we mail to you that you're you have you owe X amount in debt from X companies, things like that. So uh, that's what's made direct mail powerful for us. But uh, we spend millions of dollars a month online as well too through Facebook ads, native Snapchat, YouTube. We we have a, a display. Obviously, we have a ton of different uh, platforms that that we run on. But uh, I'm happy to touch on on any of them because um, we do spend a couple million dollars a month on our front end marketing. Wow. Yes. I'd like to dig deep, uh, deeper into that. So you're spending a couple million now in marketing altogether or in a special particular platform, I mean? Yeah, altogether across all of our brands. But, but uh, I mean, they're, they're, they're you know, eight-figure brands, eight-figure businesses that we run. So, yeah, our marketing uh, monthly is pretty substantial across uh, even in each individual brand. But across the portfolio, yeah, we spend several million per month. So you said for use David, the the regular snail mail is, is working wonders, which is something that I really like. That it is coming back, and there's there's very good ways to use that. Uh, what other platforms are you using? Uh, you know, Facebook ads, of course, and you're still using Google. Yeah, so Google, you know, Google has gotten more and more expensive for us. But a lot of what we've mm-hmm. we've learned is if we can acquire a customer even through Facebook or Snapchat or through a cheaper channel, um, a lot of what we can do on the retargeting, even if it's search retargeting or remarketing, things like that, 
uh, have helped us recapture those individuals and convert them into, into sales and clients. So although we don't do as much cold marketing on traditional Google search, uh, if you will, cold, um, it, it's, it's very much a, a great platform for us to re-engage our customers or stay along them on their buying journey. Uh, now with display, we do run a decent amount of display traffic where we're converting people on third-party sites and things like that. Uh, when they're reading articles on their finances or debt or news or religion or things like that. So Anthony, you have a ton of sites and are they all part of kind of one of your brands, like the mother brand? Yeah, they all funnel into uh, usedavid.com essentially. So yeah, we have a, a ton of different, uh, you know, a site might be more politically focused or another site might be more uh, religion focused. Again, too, those are just two topics that charge people to, to get out of debt, get help with it. Another one could be a, a money, you know, a coupon blog, things like that. So we've got little uh, communities within our brand, if you will, but they all funnel to the, to the same one. That's right. Very good. So for you to be spending a couple million in marketing for those brands, of course, you have to be making a lot more in that. Uh, you, are you willing to share kind of what your yearly uh, revenue is looking at? Yeah, so this year we're we're projected we're going to do about thirty million dollars this year is what we're on pace for on on, uh, on the Use David brand, uh, and what we really a bigger mission for us is we we want to settle uh, a billion dollars of debt um, in a calendar year. So uh, last year we did a little over a hundred million dollars um, in in savings for for Americans. Um, this year we're on pace to do closer to three hundred million, um, and very quickly in the next five five years or so. Three to five years is our runway. We're looking forward to, to settle a billion dollars in, in, uh, in debt for consumers, uh, which is it's a it's it's a massive goal. But uh, we're we're on our way there. Yeah, this sure looks like it. What is that about thirty percent growth, something like that? That's pretty incredible. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So for on all these sites, of course, uh, I know you do uh, SEO too, and uh, you have you have to have a team. How big is your team and who's creating this content? Yeah, great question. So we, you know, go back, let's zoom back, you know, maybe four or five years ago. Um, we hired a ton of agencies um, and hated them. So then we hired everything in-house. And now I think what we've, we've settled on is a perfect hybrid of the two. So we went from hiring agencies um, really hating the lack of control or lack of focus that that they had to hiring it all in house and then feeling the you know some of the positives and negatives there as well. Now I think we've got a perfect hybrid where what we essentially do is you know we have appointment for our agencies. So now we've we've come around to learn that agencies uh, generally have a ton of breadth of different industries and, and get to really learn from really lack of better words other people's money on what's working, how, how to work Snapchat, how Facebook works, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're able to leverage the, the skill set that these agencies have uh, while having our, our point man in-house uh, be able to uh, essentially download them quicker on our exact company and brand. So the downfall of agencies, generally speaking, is that they don't understand your business to an extreme depth, but they have the skill set on, in this case, marketing or internet marketing. So now this is kind of become uh, the, the inverse uh, where, where now we, we're, we're supplementing the agency's not, non-understanding of our, of our industry uh, with a point man being able to help there. So, uh, you know, o- overall, our, I'd say our, our overall media buying team is about 16, 16 people um, in-house that, that work with, with uh, outside parties that I have to add up as far as 
um, third-party agencies, what that would look like on headcount from there. But uh, you know, we we stay pretty lean and it's on purpose, and it, it allows us to to uh, you know to to scale quickly on on a uh, with a pretty lean model. Sometimes it could be a big headache building a team or building making that team be successful. Uh, did you build your own team, and how did you do that? Yeah, you know, we we built our our entire team. I think um, you know one thing we look for with recruiting is um, the understanding of uh, our vision and mission and finding people that align with that. And I know that that's kind of like a, a sticker thing. People say like, you know, uh, understand your, write down your mission and your vision. And right. I, I, even though we don't necessarily have it beautifully written down in a business plan and things like that, we breathe it all day long. We know that we're not just saving people money. We're saving divorces. We're saving suicides. Um, we're helping educate kids to go to school because the parents have money now that they could go put back in their pocket to go to, uh, um, uh, to buy school supplies for their kids. And it's the same thing with, uh, you know, get back to the coffee cup example. It's, this, you know, yo, we sell coffee cups. No, you don't. You give people energy to, to get through their day, you, you know, and it's, and it's looking at more, you know, what exactly do, does your company and your product or your service, what, is, what does it do for people and how does it help people? Um, so for us, uh, you know, I, I, I always joke, I could, teach anybody how to buy, to buy media on Facebook or something like that. But I can't, I can't teach someone to have, to, to be able to have, you know, to cut, to leave their ego at the door, to be able to, you know, to be very loyal, to, to genuinely love what they do and the people they help and, and to stay up late at night thinking about how I can help more Americans save money or help more Americans, you know, get, have energy and back to the coffee cup example, how can we sell more coffee cups? So that's generally what we look for when we're, when we're hiring people. Um, and uh, well over skill set or experience, <clears throat> it starts there. And of course, that stuff's important too. I'm not saying, you know, grab someone off the street, but you, you could, you know, depending on where your business is today, you could grab someone off the street. And I'd, I'd rather have somebody who lives, sleeps, eats, and breathes our brand and our vision and our mission than somebody who's the best, you know, Facebook guy in the world because he's going to leave. He'll go somewhere else um, or he'll get sidetracked with other projects or things like that or he's just going to be unhappy, him or her, excuse me. Um, so anyway, I think I think it's much more important to look at the, the character of the individual you're hiring. Very good. So how important is SEO when it comes to your business? Uh, because if you're in it for the long run, of course, SEO can, if you don't get a Google penalty, it can help you save a lot of those millions, right? For sure. I mean, I look at it as like Facebook, we hit the reset button every every month, the first of the month. Every day, every day actually, you hit the reset button, you're starting over. Where SEO, the investment there compounds on itself generally. So, um, it, you know, when, when, you know, the investment you're making there is, is uh, has a, again, it has a compound effect where the, the ROI over, if you look at it over a long period of time, has, has a much higher return in my opinion than, than most or any ad platforms um, if, if you're doing it successfully. So uh, it's very important for us at a minimum, it's very important to educate our communities with it. So even if you don't, even if you're justifying it as, as a non-acquisition cost, because it does take time to get there, it, mm. it's, we look at it as, as uh, how we can educate our consumers to stick in the program longer so that their lifetime value goes up or, how they can refer us to other people or things like that. So even if you're just viewing your your SEO strategy, I think if you if I think it's difficult for a lot of business owners to view it as an acquisition uh, channel because of the, how long it takes to get there. Yeah. Um, but I think if you view it more as a customer retention 
or upsell or a referral program um, education and look at it really as, as start looking at your business as a, a long-term play versus, you know, today. I think we get addicted to the crack of uh, Facebook or something like that of, of, oh, I put in a dollar, I got $2. It's great. It's powerful. It, it's the lifeblood of a business cash flow. But um, I, don't, I think if you're not making the long-term investments in SEO or even long-term investments in your business, um, again, you're, you're, you're going to die. It, the, the business is going to fail in my opinion, or somebody's going to surpass you rather quickly that isn't afraid to take those big bets or make those long-term investments and mm-hmm. doesn't get complacent with, uh, you know, what, what, what the business looks like today. Yeah. And, um, so I'm glad you said that cause it, it still, it makes a ton of sense, right? If you're doing it for the long run, because we see a lot of new startups and new businesses get a, all you have to do is get a, a kid that knows about uh, Facebook ads and you can start getting, you know, yeah, th- like you said, throw in a dollar, you get two. So throw in two, three, four and, and forget about the long term, which is still not dead, right? A lot of people say SEO is dead and email marketing is dead. Everything ends up being dead. But the reality is the less people are doing it, the more effective it becomes for, for the ones that are doing it, right? I agree. I love it. I, I, I might even be guilty of putting out press that SEO is dead because I want everybody to ignore it. Uh, and not, not true. I'm, I'm joking. But, yeah. you know, the more that if everybody's focused, I like to go, if everybody's running in one direction, I want to go in the other direction. Um, because it's, if it's harder, it builds a moat around my business. Um, if everybody's ignoring it, uh, there's likely something to be found there. Always, 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 always. So that's why we find, again, back to direct mail. We do SEO. We focus on these things that everybody else ignores. Uh, and, and we see our best, some of our best successes there uh, versus the hot topic of what today is. Yes. Yeah, I often find that too when it comes to products that a lot of the gurus out there are recommending. You know, don't touch this. Don't do that. Don't do that. And everybody's teaching that in the same courses and they're learning from the same courses. And then when I go and launch one of those products and there is a very minimum, uh, minimal new competition coming in, right? Cause there's already the existing one. So I find that often. Yeah. Definitely. Oh, Anthony. So we, we all know you're, you're successful in several businesses. So can you let us know basically some, some of your, tricks to scale businesses no yeah for sure yeah i think i think it you know there's a few few uh uh, principles overall and there's not a perfect science right it's not like go do raise funding here and you'll get here so i i I like to focus on you know uh uh, what 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 is the term um tactics make you rich strategy makes you wealthy uh is, is i think the the terminology so i think focusing on the overall mindset and strategies uh, is what what creates long term wealth versus uh you know uh, try lead ads on Facebook that that might make you some money or rich but it's not going to make you wealthy and be able to sell a company or exit so I think uh, some some things that that I fo- focus on heavily or would suggest on scaling a business is one is uh, the brand so looking at it as you know I think a lot of this if there's drop shippers listening or if there's people that you know run a little store or something like that fo- thinking of your your company or your product or your service as a brand. Um, I think really creates different, you make different investments in what you're doing. Uh, you invest more in customer service versus, you know, uh, just as a simple example, things like that. Um, because you're, you're, you're worried about your brain equity. And I think at a minimum, if you want to justify it by your valuation, your company valuation massively increases when you've got a brand 
versus a, you know, there's companies that don't make, that don't make a dollar profit that, that we see selling for nine figures because of the brand that they have. And of course they have data and other things like that too, but it's the, it's the brand and the mind share that they're capturing. So I'd say number one is, is, you know, is, is really looking at your business as, as a brand and, and how can you grow the brand equity or the mind share of individuals? It's tough for us to invest in television ads because um, we don't see a direct return. It's tough for us to invest in, in influencer where, you know, all, all of a sudden a Floyd Mayweather is, is, you know, repping our brand. Um, we'll never see a dollar for dollar return on that. Um, but our brand as a lift overall, and maybe our CPAs drop on Facebook or everything that are on, you know, on our other platforms because the brand, oh, they go, oh, Floyd Mayweather uses that. Wow. Okay, great. Um, so I think it, it creates a different thought process or mindset when you look, when you start viewing yourself as how can I increase the brain equity? Um, so that's number one, I'd say, um, overall, as far as, um, scaling your business. Uh, number two is, is really, um, uh, in, investing in your people is hiring a players. And I think that's really tough for a lot of people, especially early stages of their business. It's to, uh, really, uh, seek out and hire a players. And it's like, okay, I can get this guy for $50,000. This guy is a hundred, you know, and, and it's, it's kind of, you know, I, I call it um, picking up pennies while leaving dollars. Um, I, I think, it, you know, making that investment in, in A players. Um, and I don't just mean a financial investment. I mean, you know, in order to attract an A player, uh, they can go anywhere. Uh, they're, they're, the, they're the hot girl on campus, if you will. And so you need to consistently be looking at it as a sales cycle for that A player. You know, I will have A players that I've been talking to for the last two years that I've been trying to get join the team and they may or may not eventually, but you know, I, I've invested uh, dinners with them. I've invested time. I'm sending them articles on us. I'm talking to them on the phone. I'm giving them advice on how they can help their career non, non-biasedly, things like that. So it, it's just, you know, this idea of, of attracting and working to, to get a players. Uh, it's a very hard justification, especially if you're, you know, you're under a million dollar business to, to hire someone at, at the price point that might even be, I remember, you know, I, I hired someone who was making more money than I was, uh, and I was only I owned the business, and it was, uh, and you know, that that's a tough, you know, ego check and a tough uh, realization to make. But you know, now you zoom out years later, and I look at what that investment really did for me and our business. It, it, it had exponential returns on it. So I think it's 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 that that ability to attract a players. Those those are two, and then the last one I'll give is just. Overall, the, the mindset of, of long-term thinking, it's really, it's looking at things over, uh, you know, what the next 20 years, 30 years. And I think you make different investments than if you look at your business as a date in the day to day. Very good. So what's one of the mantras that you live by? Mantras that I live by. Oh man. Uh, it's a great question. I would say, honestly, funny enough to your, and I'm not just saying this because of your, your podcast name to fail fast. I, I fucking love that, that sentence fail fast. I, I think I live by that. I live by how quickly can I get something running and I, I not married to perfection or ego and I'm not, mm-hmm. and I'm okay with, you know, I, I, I come, I paint a Spider-Man picture in the back. I paint that and everybody says it sucks. I'm okay with painting white all over it and then paint, painting Batman. And they say that sucks. And I just, I'm okay with that over and over and over and over again until it finally clicks. And I, and I like, you know, data or the market to, 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 to really define something successful, not, not my ego or not my positive feedback. So I love that, that just the, the, those words fail fast. I love them. Perfect. Yeah. So yeah perfectionism could be the killer of, of certain businesses and actually uh, 
will be probably something that is stopping a lot of people from starting a business because they don't want to start something until it's perfect with fear of it failing. Well, in reality, you should have those small fails, the ones that come fast and yep. don't hit you very hard so you can change and, and do it over and over again, right? Until you, and nothing is perfect. Even Zuckerberg said, right, uh, ideas never come fully formulated, right? So start something and keep keep fixing it, keep upgrading it. And I believe in that as well, so. It's funny you said you said uh, just to piggyback off that you said uh, you know little fails or things like I'd actually challenge that I'd I'd rather get knocked on my ass every day. You could put me out of business today. I, I don't care. I, I don't. And maybe it's just because I'm crazy. I, I'd rather take big enough gambles that I could go out of business today. Um, and I know what you can't take from me is my uh, tenacity, uh, my mindset at looking at things, my viewpoint, my work ethic. Those can never be shut down or robbed from me. Uh, but you could you could shut down my business today, and I I know I would have something successful uh, in in the in the very very near future. So and honestly, I I probably it'd be tough to do. But if you robbed every penny of me, took every everything from me, threw me on the street, I would probably learn more over the next few months or the next year than I would today sitting in in a in a good position. I'd probably probably would be better for my long term growth to be absolutely knocked on my ass and have my business be just out of business literally within the hour. Um, I'd probably become a stronger person long term and grow a much bigger business than I would if I just creeped along with good success. Mm-hmm. So I'd, I'd challenge that a, li- a little bit too. Um, is, is, and maybe it's just because I'm crazy. I don't know. So let's run with that for, for a little bit as a role play here. Let's say that your business was taken away from you, everything you had, uh, internet connection, maybe a cell phone, laptop. And everything else was taken from you. What would you do tomorrow? Yeah, great question, dude. I would, you know, a, a couple things. If I were first question is if I were looking at different markets. Let's say if my market shut down, you know, I, I would look at uh, a market that has been around for years. So I like, I love, like, I love being in ugly spaces that people hate. It's, it gets back to that, like where everybody else goes away. I love taboo things like debt. Like debt is such a disgusting topic to talk about, um, and I love. Mi- making that sexy. And it, it will be my dream when people are openly talk about how much credit card debt they're in and it's totally okay. And it's this idea, it's funny, it's like, you know, our teeth whitening brand, it went from, you know, when was, I think one of the greatest accomplishments um, that my business partner, you know, you know, talks about and has and, and runs that business is, you know, he's, he's transformed this idea of gifting teeth whitening. Like if you gave your wife or your husband or your significant other teeth whitening kit before crest teeth whitening kit you'd probably get slapped they'd be like what my teeth aren't you know you, you, like f you you don't think they're good looking and now you know, what he's done has been able to to gift uh, uh teeth whitening and it's welcomed with open arms so it's it's changed this uh, you know relatively you know uglier taboo people you know whitening their teeth you know in their bathroom to now people posting selfies and things like that of it of the teeth whitening kit in their mouth and you know on surface like oh they're admitting their teeth aren't white uh, but but it, it's now become a fun, sexy thing to do. So, anyways, so to answer your question, as far as from a from a holistic like market, I, I would I continuously seek out uh, taboo markets to be in that are growing, have growing trends. Debt has never credit card debt since credit card is introduced has never had a downtrend 
um, in, in since it's been introduced. So it's, it's a trillion dollar market, massive space, old school, super outdated. I go the first debt conference I ever went to the, the image was blurry on the, the flyer. And I'm like, what? Like that's from a marketer. That's crazy. You're like your, your own logo is blurry. You know, that's obviously super silly, but they have Fiverr logos everywhere and stuff like that. But, um, so that's overall on a market. What I would, what I would do as far as my, my steps is, you know, I, I would, I would seek out, um, kind of like how I started earlier too. I'd, I'd seek out, uh, really people that are, are, you know, you call them a mentor, but people that are having success uh, by my definition of it, if it's impact, if it's money, if it's business size, um, and I would do everything I can to get around those people. So, uh, and spend time with them. So I even now, um, uh, admittedly once every other week, but I used to, I used to, uh, once a week, um, find someone who I thought was better than me on a certain topic. So whether it was philanthropically, uh, whether it was uh, whatever, you know, whatever fitness wise, whatever it was, mm-hmm. and I would go seek them out on, you know, clarity.fm is a great, 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 uh, site startup. I think it's .co or .com created that, but, uh, you, you can go find really smart, powerful people and have access to their brain and time for your podcast is great as well too. But you know, I, I even take it a step further. I, I would message people on LinkedIn and I, you know, I do anything to get a meeting with them, even if I had to pay for it, just to spend time with them to go to coffee to spend. And the one, the one trend is, you know, I always gave, and this is going back early on, as I'd say, you know, I pride myself in, in really applying what I learned. So really, you know, if, if you teach me something, it's not going to fall on deaf ears. And I think I found even now is when I'm in a mentor role, uh, my, I get more out of mentees than they do out of value out of me. Like I get more value being on your podcast. If somebody actually makes a difference in their business, um, then, then the inverse, like they're sitting there might be thinking like, Oh, I learned a new strategy or a thought process or something like, like, wow, I gained so much. Out of, like I gain more out of giving back than I, than, than someone on the other end does. So short answer is I'd, I'd go, I'd go seek out someone who's uh, doing, you know, great things in whatever market I, I want to be in or whatever I want to do. And I, I would, I would do everything to get around that person or that individual to learn from them. Very good. Really. I really like that answer. And the uh, first one that you said about finding the ones that the non-sexy markets, uh, those are even the ones that are, uh, because they're not so sexy, they're easier to, to rank for when it comes to do your, keywords your seo and all that so uh that's really really good idea so i got i got all my <laughs> my brains got working on that great so uh before we before i let you go why did you pick uh use david the, the, the industry or the name the name yeah it gets back to um uh, again the branding element so for for us, you know, it's the, it's the David versus Goliath play. The the you know we learned very early on that our market was is heavily religious uh, and target market. I th- you know it's against uh, anyone who's Christian or Catholic. It's it's against you know in the Bible you know it's against uh, you know your religion, our religion, to be a, a slave to creditors, things like that. So it's literally printed in the Bible. Um, uh, so it it. It, it, it creates action and instills them. So it came back to this idea of understanding our target demographic, but then the branding around it, the David versus Goliath play that I think a lot of people understand. Uh, we can do, we do some cool branding stuff where everybody in our help center is answering the phone as David. And uh, you know, it's uh, did you use David? You know, have you used David? So uh, that's the overall idea around it. We're working on the acquisition of this, just David.com as well too. So 
uh, again, making investments in the brand or looking at as, as, as a brand versus, you know, we could have been, you know, anthonydebtrelief.com or joshdebtrelief.com, you know, and, it, and it's looking at it as more, you know, as, as, a, as, as a branding element. Very good. And besides that, is there a place where people should look to find you? Um, I guess if you, you know, if anybody has any questions, you know, it's just my first dot last name uh, at gmail.com is my personal email. Happy to give that here. If anybody wants to reach out with any thoughts or questions, um, same thing I'm on Instagram. If you want to follow me there and then, uh, uh, even just a Google search, my name, some finds a way usually to get back to me um, in some way or another website or anything like that. If it's, if it's my personal property. So, uh, yeah, anyway, that, that's how I, I, uh, if anybody has any questions, happy to answer them. Very good. I'll put those on the show notes too. So Anthony, before I let you go, how many websites do you have running right now? Do you even know? That's not fair. I don't know. Dozens. Yeah, we have, we have dozens. honestly main websites though. Uh, pro probably about, you know, I'd say, you know, 10 ish, 10 main ones that get significant traffic. I'd call, you know, 50,000, you know, a hundred thousand visitors per month plus is, mm -hmm. you know, considered uh, significant. Um, and then, you know, I shoot, I, I, I used to be a domain hoarder and <laughs> just buying shit, but, uh, it's a, so I, I'm sure a ton, I, I'd have to log into my freaking account, but, uh, yeah, I, I'd say, uh, you know, right, right around a dozen main websites that, that generate substantial business for us today. Nice. I horror some, some domains too. And then uh, years went by and sometimes I would go into uh, my domain registrar and just look through them. I'm like, you know what? I forgot I had that. Why <laughs> did I buy that? What, That's right. <laughs> what was I thinking? And why have I renew been renewing this for the last seven years? That's right, dude. It's easy to do. <laughs> yes. Very good. So, Anthony, thank you very much, and this was fantastic. Awesome, brother. I enjoyed it as well. Thanks for subscribing to Fail Fast Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review and visit failfastpodcast.com for show notes, Quinn's social media, or even to tell us your story. <laughs>